0: All right, so welcome to He's Done It, a mostly sports podcast. I'm Courtney Devotny, and I'm only joined by Brian Wells this week. Uh, no special guests, just the two of us. And I guess now is like kind of a time to say that I've... I've have not been doing the normal intro. That's like another thing that we've kind of introduced this season. And in addition to a lot of people complaining about just the podcast in general being way too long, I have even gotten some complaints about the intro itself being too long. Uh, I... Oh my god,
1: <laughs> you gotten complaints about the intro? Oh my goodness. Uh-huh. I mean, no, I figured the i fi- I figured the the length of each episode. Like, yeah, of course. I, I mean, we we've definitely have talked about that and. You know, it's just the thing where yeah, we can't do as you know two hour episodes all the time. Like it's just that's way too long. Even I can admit that. Uh, But wow, the (laughs) intro. I mean, I had no complaints about that. That that's. Well, I I think it was
0: like (laughs) forty seconds long because I had like most of the music just in terms of where it got cut off and yeah i mean i don't know if there's like too many people but it is uh something that we don't have anymore and i think part of it was just i didn't want to do kind of that initial intro anymore when i didn't know exactly where our episode was gonna go because that was kind of my mindset with the last two had like a few ideas of topics to talk about with uh benjamin and kenny and then just you know, we'll see what actually comes up this one. I feel much more certain about what we're going to talk about and it's going to be NFL free agency and March Madness. And, you know, I think it'll just be the the two of us kind of going back and forth on some of the, the big news and then talking about our brackets. And this is a really fun time of the year when you have both of those things happening at once. So definitely excited to get into it.
1: It's, it's no doubt for me at least, the least productive <laughs> yeah. week of the year. Yeah,
0: no, I think that's that's totally <laughs> fair to say. Just between refreshing Twitter for NFL news, filling out new brackets, it's just that that's all you're doing.
1: Like, you're being productive, but you're really not accomplishing No, more. I agree.
0: You're being productive <laughs> yeah. in, like, ways that are just irrelevant to just being a normal human being and, like, you know, being a functional member exactly. of society. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's a, a reasonable way to to describe it and uh, we'll kind of put that not very productive productive stuff to use by, by talking about everything that's happened in the, the past few days and uh, I think before we get into the free agency news there was big news at the end of last week and that is there's a new team on the clock in the NFL draft the Chicago Bears traded the number one overall pick to the Carolina Panthers they get back Not only the number nine pick in the draft, but Carolina's first round pick next year, a couple of second round picks, and wide receiver DJ Moore. And I think it was kind of inevitable that the Bears were going to move away from the number one pick, with Justin Fields already, their established quarterback of the future. And it was just a matter of who would make the move, and Carolina goes ahead, and they got presumably their quarterback of the future, whoever they end up taking in this draft.
1: Yeah, Carolina is definitely a team that is in desperate need of a quarterback. Just given that the Cam Newton era is certainly over and they tried other pieces like Sam Darnold who's not even on the team anymore and they've you know, they've tried guys like Teddy Bridgewater Baker and P.J. Walker and it's just it's Baker Mayfield, they totally forgot about that. And so it's just a matter of time where they got to find their franchise next franchise quarterback uh and hopefully for them long term. Option and not just these retreads of one year, one suck back quarterback year after year, and so so it makes sense in Carolina's standpoint. I but I, I do love the trade for Chicago. It's probably the best thing they've done in our lifetime. Is that trade where they get they they trade the number one pick, but they they only dropped they dropped the number nine, which is which is great for them. And then they get another first round pick. They get two more second round picks, and they got DJ Moore who will certainly be a uh, upgrade for their <laughs> wide receiver position because their wide receivers absolutely suck and they finally have a target for Justin Fields to throw to. I know Chase Claypool was a guy they traded for last year, but that was not the great <laughs> no, I treat.
0: hey, I love the trade as a Steelers fan and I do think right, yeah, I do think you. Claypool can <laughs> but, maybe like with a full offseason working with Justin Fields be somewhat of a functional receiver because he did nothing for them this year but i do agree dj moore instantly give fields a wide receiver one legitimate wide receiver one target uh, i think the one of the craziest stats i've heard is that dj moore in his time with carolina constantly putting up a thousand yard seasons it doesn't matter who was playing quarterback there if he was in chicago he would be the bears all-time leading wide receiver which is <laughs> yeah, oh, wow. just just a really sad stat. <laughs> just a, a franchise that's been around for over a hundred years, and they never have an offense. Like I knew about the quarterbacks.
1: Their yeah, their best wide receiver
0: is a kicker. Yeah, turner. it's it's really <laughs> uh really amazing one. I think DJ Moore, great acquisition for the Bears, and ultimately they needed to make this move now uh, in terms of Carolina because the Bears. We're going to get a wide receiver some way, somehow, whether in a different trade or free agency. So for the Panthers, they didn't really have time to kind of mess around with this, uh, you know, in order to be able to move up to number one, because it was going to take a haul. A lot of teams were vying for this spot, even though there are a few quarterbacks that are you know potentially available Number one, you get your choice. You don't have to rely on whoever is left to you uh, later in the draft. So, I think it makes a ton of sense for the Panthers to do this. You mentioned you know they've been going through all these quarterbacks, just like failed experiences, guys that uh, you know never really amounted to much as starting quarterbacks and other teams. Frank Reich was in the same boat like he's coming into this team just looking at the string of Colts quarterbacks ever since Andrew Luck retired like he had him for one year went to the playoffs and then just dealing with guys like Jacoby Brissett, Brian Hoyer, Philip Rivers, Sam Ellinger, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan, Nick Foles for a couple games. Yeah,
1: so so he'll, fi- he'll finally have his chance of having a young stud quarterback and for more than yeah, one which, season. like The last time he had a young yeah.
0: stud quarterback was Carson Wentz and he was awesome before that torn ACL in 2017 like those first 2 years he was looking like a legitimate franchise quarterback obviously things didn't turn out that way in the end but he'll get a shot whether it's CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, whoever he identifies as his guy he'll get to work with him for ideally the next, you know, 10 plus years we'll see how the Frank Reich experience goes in Carolina but
1: yeah we'll see we'll see if it lasts even nearly that long I mean, I like the trade more from the Bears aspect and just how much they got in return with all those picks and D.J. Moore. But I, I can't fault Carolina for the move just given that, like we talked about, with their quarterback situation these last few seasons uh, and with Cam Newton no longer uh, with with them or in the NFL in general. Uh, so, so I like it from Chicago's standpoint more, but... Carolina, yeah, they're desperate need of a quarterback, and you know, look at look at other teams like Kansas City and Buffalo when they got Mahomes and Josh Allen, they traded up to get those guys, and obviously it's worked out for them. And I'm not saying that Stroud or Bryce Young are going to be nearly as good as those guys, but if if Carolina is in love with a specific player and and you know they want to make sure that they have them, then the trade is could potentially be worth yeah,
0: it. Yeah, I I completely agree. I think you have to take a risk if you want to go out and get your guy. And there have been plenty of times where we've seen teams trade up and it hasn't worked out. But there have also been cases, like you just mentioned, where those teams have zero regrets. It doesn't matter what they gave up. So for the Panthers, sticking at number nine, it was far from a guarantee they'd get anybody. They'd maybe get the fourth quarterback left over. And I think just looking at the Bears, like, yeah, they got a haul, but it was also they had to move back eight nine spots there so i, I think it, it just kind of justifies it carolina was going to have to give up more than teams like houston or indianapolis or atlanta or whoever ahead of them because the bears were going to have to drop behind so many teams and the, the bears have assets to move up if they want but i think that's just part of it okay. so when the whole idea like the bears might have fleeced the panthers i, I don't know if that's totally true because the, the... you're talking about moving up all the way to number one from number nine uh,
1: yeah i don't i don't think fleece is the right word i, I just think they for now, at least, I think they won the trade. Just given how much they got in return, I mean, they they drop, yeah, they drop to number nine. So they may might miss out on Will Anderson and Jalen Carter. Yeah, we'll Maybe see. I might Jaylen get Carter, Carter with, anyway. With, with yeah, we'll even see guys with
0: him, like Peter you know, whoever the top offensive tackle, they, they
1: can still get someone really good at at, at that at the ninth pick of the draft. They're still going to get someone that can really help their team, and they have holes basically everywhere. Yeah, on so the it, it, it makes so, a ton so. of
0: sense and i think it, it all comes down to is carolina trading up for a future all pro super bowl winning quarterback and does chicago make use of these extra picks they've acquired so um i i do agree the bears did really well here but for the panthers it's a move that still makes a lot of sense in their end and I think, you know, there's a question of whether the Panthers would go after a more veteran quarterback. I think at this point we know that's not going to be the case. And Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson are still out there. We don't know what's going to happen with those two. I guess uh, you know, do you have a one that you'd like to start with over the other?
1: Uh, I okay. would say Lamar just because Aaron Rodgers I can't <laughs> stand obviously, but I also think it's a a done deal that he's going to go to the Jets. Uh, I I know Rappaport said that. Oh, it's it's not nothing's official yet, but I I think he's just butthurt that he didn't get the news before Wingo did. So I I'm I I'm on Wingo's side where I think the Jets is a done deal, especially with who, you know. I contradict yeah, I mean, myself. We're just here talking about Aaron Rodgers more than Lamar. Yeah, so I guess we'll start <laughs> with them. Um, <laughs> um, I mean the the Jets started, they. They uh, they signed Alan Lazard yep. today, and 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 I it sounds like Rodgers has, a, has yeah. a list of of guys that he wants. It was reported by Diana Rossini that he he's got a list of he wants Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb, Mercedes Lewis. Oh, and yep. then Odell. So so he he basically wants you know the guys that he already plays with wants to be comfortable and he just wants to play with his friends uh, and it sounds like a. Yeah, he just wants to play with with his friends, right? And so it sounds like it's really gonna be the Jets. Which, yes, it hurts the Patriots, but uh, I I don't know. Like I I don't I'm kind of just done with the Green Bay thing. Like just especially since, see, a couple years ago and and then a few years ago they were the favorites, or at least heading into the playoffs they were one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl. So it was funnier when they lost then, but and then it was still kind of funny when they lost last year. Uh, the way they did in week eighteen, but now you now they're not really expected to be this amazing team, and so that's why it's like like the the Aaron Rodgers experience is over now. Like, let I want to see I want to see him on a different team, whether if he's great or not. Uh, I I just want to see it, especially with the Jets, uh, because it looks like they're the one team that was just in desperate need of a a quarterback and and willing to pay for Rodgers and and do what he says. Yeah, I mean,
0: I I totally agree with you. I'm ready for him to be done in Green Bay. I like the idea of him going to the Jets, going to that New York market. And I talked about it last week. I don't know that Rodgers going to the Jets is instantly making this team like a title contender, even like a guarantee to make the playoffs in the AFC. But I'd like to see what happens.
1: I I, I, want to see what happens. I I believe that... It could be a team that misses on the playoffs, but I believe that their absolute ceiling is—I I, don't—I wouldn't predict it, but I—I I don't think it's totally crazy to say that they could be a a deep playoff contender, like uh, like for their yeah, season. No, no, I mean.
0: not at all. I mean, this is a team that had no consistent quarterback play last year, and they still found themselves on the verge of making the playoffs.
1: They were still a pretty good team. They drafted really well last year. They had. The offensive rookie of the year, the defensive rookie of the year, and they might have had the best rookie uh, in the first month of the season until Brees Hall tore his yep. ACL. And so, so they 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 had an awesome awesome draft last year, and they have very good defense, defensive minded coach, and they have some skill players on offense, and they can add looks, like, and they're adding to it as well. So it makes all the sense in the world to add a good quarterback. Yeah.
0: I, I... Absolutely. And, you know, we've already started to see some of those pieces come together, like all these reports. I thought it was only a matter of time before we'd hear Rodgers to the Jets. Uh, Pat McAfee tweeted that he'll be live on his show tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern time. So I think we're going to get some kind of news there, probably that he's going to new york maybe he'll announce his retirement just throw a huge so this is ball. like
1: uh taking my talents to <laughs> the big apple
0: <laughs> yeah right he's yeah except you know pat, uh, pat mcafee is jim gray in this case so i guess we'll see then uh i do kind of hate that this is being dragged out so long that we don't have actual official news to uh, talk about worst. yet but yeah, Wednesday one PM is when it sounds like we'll no more or he'll just go on and say, Yeah, Pat, I'm just here to hang out. I don't have a decision yet, and he'll just keep dragging this out, which I- I'm getting so tired of all of this.
1: <laughs> oh, he's a pain in the ass and he just drags out everything to the to the last second. Like just hurry <laughs> up, make your decision yeah. already. <laughs> it's like Yeah. So yeah, uh, I'm-
0: no, I mean Rogers he's one domino that we still need to, you know, have fall here. And then the other is Lamar Jackson. And this is one that is also starting to be annoying. But for reasons outside of just the player and just like everything about this from like all the teams involved, all of the reporters, everyone weighing in on this whole situation. I thought Lamar to the Panthers made sense. I thought Lamar to some of these other teams that have reportedly said they don't want to make sense. And I mean, it, it, I, I don't know. Like part of me is like it's just inevitable he's going to stay in Baltimore. But I, I genuinely have no idea how yeah. this is going to play out at this point.
1: Yeah, if I had to guess, I, I'm I guess I'll guess staying in Baltimore. But I I see why people are questioning why, um, you know why it, there really isn't a market for Lamar. Where, you know, there's one side where I see why teams aren't interested because he's for the past couple seasons he's missed all this time. He's a running quarterback, and you you have to give up. Multiple first round picks to even get him, and you have to pay him all this money. And who knows how long of, you know, what his long term future is if he's already getting, you know, injured as much as he's had. He's he's gotten injured, he's passed down the stretch too. Yeah, cost of Ravens,
0: a playoff berth. He, He only has
1: one playoff win. So I can see all the reasons to question, you know, whether a team should want Lamar or not. But then when you see like all these teams, like, just crap teams like the Falcons, the Panthers, Commanders, and a bunch of other teams, just immediately say no. I can see why people think, you know, the conspiracy theory on owners coming together and saying, hey, we don't want another Deshaun Watson kind of thing to happen yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it... it-, it- <laughs> because that, that, that contract was just they, And I,
0: I think that's really like one of the big things is that teams don't want to give them a fully guaranteed contract. They don't want to do the same thing that Deshaun Watson got with the Browns. They don't want to make that the new standard. And I think the reality makes sense because if you have the option to pay someone a big contract that isn't fully guaranteed... Then why wouldn't you want to go that approach? Why would you want to, regardless of who the player is, lock a guy into this money and just regret it in a few years? Like in the NBA in Major League Baseball, how often do we see that with these huge contracts that just look awful by the end of it?
1: Oh, baseball for sure, with those just given yeah, the decade-long contracts.
0: It's just inevitable that they're not yeah. going to work out in the end. And I, I understand that concept, but I think One of the big factors here is the Ravens are willing to pay Lamar Jackson. They just don't want to give him a fully guaranteed contract. So anything short of that, they're just going to go ahead and match it. So teams don't want to negotiate with him just to have him stick around in Baltimore in the end. I think that's a big aspect this all these teams would probably love to have Lamar Jackson as their quarterback but they don't want to go through the whole negotiation and have him say yes I'm going to sign here I'm willing to bite the bullet and not take a fully guaranteed contract and Baltimore turns around and say okay then we're going to keep you as our quarterback (laughs) because what else are we going to do without you so it just feels like that's kind of where we're headed but then if he doesn't get an offer sheet by someone else is he just stuck on the franchise tag is he going to swallow his pride and you know tuck his tail between his legs and sign one of these big and deals just with play the play Another year under the tag, yeah. That or yeah. take the what hundred thirty three million guaranteed that has the potential to be way more, but isn't fully guaranteed to that amount. It, I think that's that's a big factor here. So then, that that's why I just I don't know where this is going to end up, and I I can't help but feel like if Lamar Jackson had an agent this would be in a much oh, better state. That's another state. thing. He doesn't have an
1: agent. Someone like him should have an agent. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean if he wanted to go somewhere else having an agent would be a huge help, but not having one
1: it do- it doesn't help his case that much not having one. But yeah, I I agree with you that it's it's just odd how someone like him he's not the best quarterback in the league, but he has plenty of talent and I'm it's just I know it would take a lot to get him with the draft capital that you'd have to give up and and then how much it would cost to get him uh in terms of in terms of the cap but like I don't know it's crazy that he doesn't have as big of a market as I thought he would
0: Yeah no just I all I, these teams just immediately saying <laughs> no Uh-huh and not every team has fully backed out on him I think like and it's also still possible that some of those teams that immediately said no like or you know the reports came out that they would were no weren't the case but There are also some teams that you can tell they're not going after Lamar Jackson. Like, the Dolphins picked up to his fifth-year option, and they signed Mike White to be their backup. And And then
1: the Panthers made that trade. Falcons,
0: I'm... Panthers
1: Floored by that you're not interested.
0: <laughs> they, well, yeah, they they went out inside Taylor Heineke to compete with Desmond Ritter. So like those are. I, l- I,
1: Heine- I I love <laughs> Heineke, but <laughs> not that much.
0: <laughs> uh, no, I, I I agree with that. And uh, the Raiders signed Jimmy Garoppolo, so that I mean, but they also couldn't afford Lamar Jackson.
1: Right. <laughs> See that one at least makes sense to me. Uh-huh. I mean, there were reports that w- when McDaniel's was still in with new england he he lamar jackson was a guy that he was interested in yeah or like if he had more of a say (laughs) yeah uh there are reports of him being just interested in baker one in that same draft but also lamar as well and but like you said it would have cost a lot to get him and it wouldn't have made sense what so jimmy does make sense for the raiders though
0: yeah i I mean i think jimmy garoppolo for like the longest time has felt like the inevitable Raiders quarterback just with the Josh McDaniels connection and just being someone who's more Needing affordable. a quarterback. Yeah. 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 So, uh, I mean, I, I don't know that Jimmy gives them a higher ceiling than Derek Carr when it comes down to it. Uh, he's someone who's win, who won a lot of games, was great with Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers system, but he doesn't – he has the weapons – for the most part, they did just trade Darren Waller to the Giants. Devontae Adams, I don't know what his future is in Las Vegas, but they don't have the defense in the offensive line that San Francisco does.
1: Yeah. When it comes to yeah, Jimmy and Carr, who who would I rather have straight up? I'd rather have Garoppolo. But yeah, like you said, Garoppolo's had he's benefited from having great defenses, <laughs> great all-around teams. And he does, like you said, have the weapons on offense. With with Devante and Renfro, Jacobs, and now Jacoby Myers, uh, but yeah, at the same time, like how much of an upgrade is it? And you know, at least for Derek Carr's aspect, he is basically available all the time. He 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 does get he really misses time. He got hurt once where he had a broken ankle during his near MVP season. But other than that, like he he's really missed time with them. Mean, Jimmy Garoppolo m- misses time all the time. Yep,
0: yeah, he's he's had multiple season-ending injuries in his what five years as a starting quarterback. When he stayed healthy yeah. in 2019 and 2021, they went to the Super Bowl in the NFC Championship game, but. You know, in in years when he was hurt, twenty eighteen, their season fell off right away with that torn ACL. Twenty twenty, he was just on and off the field, and that team couldn't and repeat then, the Super Bowl success. And then this year, and
1: then last year, we saw him smiling on the bench <laughs> uh, in the NFC uh, Championship game. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, th- that's definitely a concern for the Raiders. So I know it's a three year deal. I don't know what the guarantees are, but it feels like they're somewhat committed to Jimmy for you know beyond twenty twenty three. So. I guess we'll see how this works out. I think that the Raiders have the possibility to be a really good team if they continue to make more good moves, but you know, I was pretty high on them last year and they were terrible for the most part. So I don't know if um, I fully believe in the, the Jimmy G experiment, like being the guy who kind of writes the wrongs of the year one of Josh McDaniels error and makes them the actual playoff yeah, team I, they should I, be.
1: I, I predicted them to finish last and they didn't finish last <laughs> but they were still worse than I thought they'd be uh-huh. too. I thought they'd be uh yeah, like I don't know. I agree with you that I think Garoppolo is an upgrade, but I just don't know how much of an upgrade it is and uh but I do think it's a good fit, um, in Las Vegas because you have the McDaniels factor, uh, just given that he was with New England for three and a half seasons. And another thing is it works out for him because if he doesn't get you know, if he's not on the field and he gets hurt, he can Miss time and hang out in Vegas. And True. Yeah. Audition for Magic Mike Four. So so it works out for Grapple no matter what happens. Yeah.
0: Oh, and say Vegas Vegas and Jimmy G feels like a great marriage. So oh, it's perfect for him.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because Jimmy G, I, I don't care what anyone says, he uh, he's I, I wanted him to be so much better than he he is because he's someone that is just not the toughest quarterback. Where once he gets hurt, he, he he'll take all the time he needs and. Yeah, Jimmy G, he just does him. I don't know if that makes sense. No, I,
0: I agree. I mean, it goes all the way back to yeah, New I don't England.
1: Think he, I don't think he really, really deep down cares football-wise what happens as long as he gets paid and he gets to do whatever. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's I think that's a reasonable take. Uh, I don't want to, like, fully say that he doesn't care about the sport, but there is enough evidence to at least say, eh, I don't know, maybe he is all just about that money and having a good time. Yeah. Um, but you know i guess you know, we kind of it's lost. probably too hot of a take
1: but Harvey, <laughs> back of my mind's like oh, is this guy really fully bought in but he 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 brought san francisco to multiple nsc championships yeah and that games.
0: that's exactly i think that's the one thing that i i think he has the evidence of going out there and and you know at least being part of a team that goes on a deep run and um yeah you know, I don't. I don't want to say he led them there in 2021 with his zero touchdown, two interception performance <laughs> in the first. Being carried rounds, by but... the
1: defense and and uh, running game, yeah,
0: yeah. So I guess we we kind of glossed over it there, but you did mention Jacoby Myers in Las Vegas. He signs a three year, thirty three million dollar deal, twenty one million dollars guaranteed, and that means he's no longer a member of the New England Patriots.
1: Yeah, it's just it's just absurd that the patriots couldn't match that offer he got because i figured what would happen was that some team like las vegas or another team would overpay to get Jacoby myers where he'll get like he'll get like a 4 or 5 year deal with 15 16 million a year and all these guarantees like all right like i if if that were to happen i would have said all right i get it you don't want to pay uh you know that kind of receiver that kind of money but to see what he got from Las Vegas and to see that Lazard got more than he did. And that's a, that was an offer that the Patriots absolutely should have matched. And look, their receivers, the Patriots receivers are, they're fine, but they're, they're all, but they're all twos and threes. Like they don't have any true number ones. And Jacoby Myers is not a true number one, but he was Mac Jones's most reliable, trustworthy receiver on offense. And, Mac Jones also speaks glowingly of him, where he he thought he was his one of the best teammates he's ever played with, and he's a very reliable uh, target on any kind of like any kind of route, needing a third down. I, I don't. Jacoby Myers was definitely a guy that they should have they should have uh, kept in New England. I, I think they should have kept him and still look to upgrade at the position, not not downgrade at it. Uh, so. I, I don't I don't love that they got that they didn't bring him back and, because you already have a quarterback that's not really bought into New England, and this doesn't help <laughs> no. him buy in
0: yeah, so uh so my initial reaction when I saw that he was signing with the Raiders and the the contract that he signed was the same thing as you. It was like, how did the Patriots not match or top this deal? But then I also thought more about it. I was like, well, would I take $11 million to live in Las Vegas or slightly more to stay in New England? <laughs> you know, from that perspective... So maybe like, it's a combination yeah. of both that, uh-huh.
1: that they didn't want him, but he probably didn't want them either. Yeah, I, probably, I don't know how much... He even said about... He even said, like, why would you sign Las Vegas? Because they wanted me and I wanted them. Okay, <laughs> so, he did
0: say... I didn't hear any, like, commentary like that. So I, that is one thing where I don't know how but much I think it's a combination it. of both uh-huh.
1: that that he wanted to be in Vegas and they wanted him, but and New England was not really interested in bringing him back which is i think is a shame because he was someone that did everything possible uh that he could for for the patriots and would hard work good work ethic like always reli- always a reliable target and i don't know he always did things the right way and i feel like the patriots you know the patriot way it should reward guys like that
0: yeah, no, I, I totally agree, and I, I think he's someone who, when you look at just Jacoby Myers as a player, you can say, well, he's not a true wide receiver one, but he was the wide receiver one in New England, and I think his his departure is going to be felt, and it it does blow my mind that the Patriots didn't sign him, given what he signed with in Vegas. You
1: need to surround the quarterback with more and better options, because... I mean look, there have been times in the past where I've gone mad where they didn't bring back guys like Chandler Jones or Darrell Revis. Uh but you know, when they didn't when they didn't bring those guys back, they they had plans and that worked, but you know what also you know what they also had during those years? Tom Brady. <laughs> they had Tom Brady who can cover up uh the holes uh, on the roster. Now they don't have Tom Brady, but they still act like they have Tom Brady, which is I just which is just not the way to handle things because the the you know the teams in the AFC East not only have they caught up to New England they're now past New England. Buffalo is the uh, is at the top of the division now and Miami I think has passed them especially if Tua is healthy just given the weapons that they have and you know once Aaron Rodgers you know wakes up from his beauty sleep they'll be <laughs> passing them too. And so New England is now at the bottom of the division. <laughs> so uh, I I don't like uh, how the start of free agency has gone. I I'd, I'd like to think that they have something up their sleeve, whether that's Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton or Hopkins. Or I, I'm not super super interested in Hopkins, but I will take him. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
0: it's, obviously, if if uh, he's willing to look past what happened at the end of his time in Houston with Bill O'Brien,
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, the, the the connection with him and Bill O'Brien definitely would worry me and you know the steroid thing where he was out for six games and then that fumble that he had when they played when they played new england was was uh was really bad uh but i mean i'd still take him. uh with just the the options that they have on on offense right now
0: of course and
1: so i'm hoping that they have something up their sleeve but i (laughs) Uh i have questions i have doubts
0: so they did bring back Jonathan Jones, a two-year, $20 million deal. So I think he was someone who I thought was going to end up leaving. So that seems like a good you know, bringing back yeah, for their secondary.
1: Yeah, it's a good slot corner. Definitely would have been a loss if they lost him. But they have more holes still that they need to fill on their defense, especially now that McCourty is, has retired. Yep. Uh, I would like them to get a safety. Jesse Bates would have been someone that would have interested me, but he's now in Atlanta. Jordan Poyer, I think, is a free agent. He is still available. You, you yep. take him away from a division rival. That would that be would, that would be big. That'd be good. Yeah,
0: yeah. He, I think, um, I I don't know how much is really gonna play play a role, but he did say on a podcast that he would love to sign somewhere that doesn't have uh, take his money. Yeah, stay tax. Yeah, so. <laughs> I don't know if um, you it's know. Probably going to Miami or, then. Yeah, you just joined Jalen Ramsey. Just continue to upgrade that secondary. So
1: yeah, Miami's only getting better. Mm-hmm. Like not only do I think they're past them, but they're they're upgrading their team too. Jalen Ramsey that would have been a good move for the Patriots. And look, I think Ramsey is overrated, and I think his play has dipped these last few seasons. But for, for what Miami got for him, a third round pick and some. Fringe tight end <laughs> yeah, who, back who knows if he even end. makes the team or not. Uh-huh. So basically, a third round pick. I would that would have been a move I would have been all about. I know, think a lot a of teams would have
0: loved that. It sounded like he wanted to go to Miami, like that that was his top choice. So I think the Rams were just doing right by him, and there wasn't really right. anything anyone else can do. But yes, I I I would have loved the Sealers to go out and get Jalen Ramsey too, if you know that was a possibility. And especially seeing what they gave up for him, you're like, man, like nobody else could have beaten that. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I I guess just talking about the Steelers, I don't know that I feel that much better about how these first few days of free agency have gone. I, I think it's it's kind of starting to grow on me. So my immediate reaction when I saw that Cam Sutton was signing with the Lions, three years, $33 million, maybe a bit of an overpay, but he was the Steelers' top corner last year. And then going out and signing Patrick Peterson and said... I know he's coming off a Pro Bowl season, but I think I'd rather have Cam Sutton over 33 year old Patrick Peterson. I I don't know that Peterson yeah, can repeat his success. Was, so their
1: defense was awful, and not that he was like the reason because he did have he, he did he have he was good, one he was, yeah, he was
0: one of their best players on defense. <laughs> Which you know still like, an aging <laughs> corner.
1: <laughs> um, I don't yeah I don't know if I would have I don't know if I love that either if I were a Steelers fan. I mean they replaced him with somebody, but uh, and he has a good track record, but I just think the guys clearly uh I, I mean he's definitely near closer to the end of his career than the beginning so
0: yeah i mean he's signing a two-year deal because he wants to play two more seasons than retire he wants to finish his career in pittsburgh i mean it's it's a cool concept but i don't know that patrick peterson is going to be the player he was in 2022 these next few seasons if he is then great uh, like i would love to have a probable right I, if, if
1: he it. is great but if he's not which which i i, I would have my doubts i, I would want to I would want another corner. Yeah. And I (laughs) I think
0: it it feels inevitable that the Steelers are going to draft a corner either at 17 or 32. It's a deep class for cornerbacks. There are a lot of guys out there. Joey Porter Jr., of course, is a big name. And the Steelers love the whole, you know, brother son connections. We've seen that all the time. So uh, he's certainly a name out there. But there are plenty of other options that they can get. And, Getting a quarterback one was a huge priority, but I also thought retaining Cam Sutton was a huge priority. So it's like, okay, they they get a guy in Peterson, but losing Sutton, I don't love it. And
1: I wouldn't yeah. either. I would want to upgrade more at the position. Yeah.
0: Too. I mean, especially a guy like you, you've drafted and developed for six years, and it, it just sucks to see him getting paid elsewhere. Uh, but today they went out and signed um, was it Nate Herdig? I think is his name. He was a left guard. He started eleven games for the Jets last year. He was someone who uh, I think undrafted free agent for the Eagles. Uh, Steely assistant GM Andy Whitele loves him so I think there's an expectation at the very least he's going to come in and compete for a starting guard job and the offensive line was better than 2021 but still has some room for improvement so I kind of like that deal and then also bringing back Larry Ogunjobi. Um he's a good run stopper I you know Javon Hargrave coming back to Pittsburgh would have been awesome but that, that was never going to happen especially with the Niners signing into a four-year 84 million dollar deal so, Larry Ogunjobi, you know, just continuing his time in Pittsburgh. I, I like that move. I still want to see some more additions. I want to see this team do something at middle linebacker, especially with some of the other deals that keep getting thrown around out there. Um, Tremaine Edmonds was someone who I think a lot of Sealy's fans thought would happen. Again, going back to the whole, you know, brother connection with Terrell. But even guys like uh, David Long, Leighton Van Esch, signing two years, $11 million deals. It just seemed like something the Steelers could afford and easily match. So there's a lot of linebackers getting paid. I don't know what's going to happen there, but I, I don't want them to bring back Devin Bush. And, you know, it's they need somebody to play opposite Miles Jack. So, yeah. I guess it's um, still continuing to wait on how that goes. We'll see if the Patriots and Steelers have uh, more moves up their sleeves in these next few days that we start to like. Um,
1: I like that they traded Jonu Smith away.
0: <laughs> oh, they did? I didn't see that. When was Yeah, they
1: traded Jonu Smith to the Falcons for a 7th round okay. pick. Gotcha. I like that move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a player just... that they got rid of. <laughs> uh, honestly, That's I thought they were going to
0: straight up uh, release him, so getting something for him is better than nothing. Yeah, you know, the falcons yeah, that was a disaster yeah falcons have the <laughs> cap space but
1: <laughs> i yeah so now the falcons will have two tight ends that they won't throw to now That's great. <laughs> with him and kyle uh Prince. yeah but uh yeah when they when they signed Jonathan smith i remember at the time part of me was like this is definitely an overpay but then part of me was like at least they're interested in somebody <laughs> someone i've heard of uh some sort of name but yeah, the the Jono Smith experience was a complete disaster. That was like Nikhil Harry kind of bad. Uh, so, yeah.
0: yeah, I I uh, liked the John O. Smith signing at the time, and <laughs> that never that was just good. so
1: much worse than. I, I mean, I th- I thought it was an overpay. I was wrong. It was a massive overpay.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it's hard to say that wasn't like the worst of all of those signings. there were some that really did not turn out all that well. But uh, yeah, Jono Smith was was bad. And
1: yeah, that was probably the worst one. Yeah, uh, I mean, because Hunter, Hen- Hunter Henry, he's he had a down year last year, but who didn't have a down year last year? <laughs> I guess outside of Jacoby uh, Myers and Ramondre, yeah, he's at least like, been like, a solid red zone to. target. Like, he scored yeah, touchdowns, he's been a good red zone target so. for them. So, I'm fine with that. That you know, he's still there. I don't want him to draft a tight end. I just think that you know, people say, oh, we got to draft a tight end, like Michael Mayer or Michael Meyer, Michael yeah, Mayer, yeah, yeah. yeah no, Michael Meyer guy. Like, oh, he's baby Gronk. Well, if he's Gronk, great. But I just think that the tight end position outside of Kelsey and Kittle and the obvious top guys, it's really How many not. tight
0: ends over the years have we heard our baby Gronk? Like I feel oh, like paper Gronk is thrown like, out all the time and like never live l- up to the expectations. So. <laughs>
1: yeah, like at least, at least a half a dozen.
0: Yeah, everyone wants to hate on first-round running backs. I think first-round tight ends are just as bad, if not worse. You're just going through the history. How many first-round tight ends? They're both bad. Yeah, how many live up to it? It, it rarely happens. Like there, yeah. Few I saw a list between.
1: of first round tight ends. Like, wow, that that guy didn't really live up to it. She's, TJ Hawkinson's, he's good, yeah, but. he's
0: been like one of the exceptions in terms of first round tight ends, and you know, I, it just like at least Gronk like,
1: and Kelsey were not first rounders. No, either, no, or they,
0: none of them. They're <laughs> second, third round. That's a perfect time to get a tight end. So, yeah, I, I feel I,
1: that I, about. <laughs> I feel that way about running back, but I. B. B. Sean Robinson is probably going to be a first round pick with how people are talking about him. Yeah,
0: I'm Todd McShay just loves mocking him to the Eagles uh, at number ten overall. Like he's been when they
1: just signed a. Well, I know it just happened today. Yeah, but and they Rashad they Petty, signed Rashad but Petty.
0: He's not going to stop them from going out and getting a different running back. I think Miles Sanders. I don't know if he's signed elsewhere, but he basically tweeted. I'd imagine a he'll be post, elsewhere so. though. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, Eagles did bring back James Bradbury. He was someone who I was hoping the Steelers could maybe make a run for, but he, he's getting paid pretty well. Uh, don't let that holding penalty distract you from the fact that he's a great cornerback still.
1: Yeah, that's why I was just about to say, too, that what sticks out is that holding penalty in the Super Bowl, but but if you take that away, he's, he's a good corner.
0: Yep, yep. Um, and the Eagles lost a lot of guys on defense so uh, I guess it's good for them to be able to retain somebody because you know that team was obviously talented last year going to the Super Bowl and uh, should continue to be a threat if they can maintain some of their other players um, I feel like we covered most of what i want to talk about stefan gilmore trade to the cowboys and oh the cowboys another star yeah is is he so good like was he good with the colts last year they were so irrelevant that i have no idea
1: uh, not not really but it, it's the colts <laughs> that that they, they were a train wreck last year so I, I don't mind that trade at all for dallas just it's a fifth round pick and you see if he you want to see if he's still good or not. Cause I don't think he's great. He's obviously not great anymore, but I don't think he sucks. They I don't need him to year...
0: be a cornerback one, but you know, just having him as a depth option he's another star in Dallas. So
1: yeah, I think that, I think that move is fine for Dallas.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, that's all I have for now. <laughs> I guess, uh, you know, if, if there's anything I miss, feel free to throw that out there.
1: I, I love that. Uh, I love that the giants, they, uh, they traded a third round pick. They, they traded Kadarius Tony for a third round pick, and then they traded that same third round. So it was basically Tony for Waller. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, just
1: two two guys are just are hurt all <laughs> the time.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I saw like some screenshots saying that Madden wouldn't do the Darren Waller for the 100th overall pick trade. And it's just like, okay, first of all, Madden is not realistic. You know, just listen to our episode from a couple weeks ago if you need more info <laughs> on that. Uh, but he, he can't stay on the field. He was hurt all of last season, so his value is not going to be very high. And but it, for the Giants, I think it's it's worth the move, like you said. Oh, I think for the trait. Giants,
1: it's worth it. Their their best receiver was Isaiah Hodgins, wasn't even on the team until November. Yeah, so they they could they, they, use need, they need weapon. they need more. Even though they're a running offense with with Saquon and Daniel Jones with with his mobility, even though they're running. Run first, kind of offense. They they need to upgrade the wide receiver and tight end position badly. So I'm, I'm fine with that move too. But like you said, that <laughs> Darren Waller does not stay healthy.
0: Yeah, so but I
1: I think it's worth it for them.
0: Yeah, and he would fit in great with the uh, the Giants receivers because that was the theme of that team last year. Was you know they just and Brian Dable was a
1: tight ends coach, so I like to think that. You know, if if Wallard was were to stay healthy, they'll do whatever they can to implement him in their offense a lot.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I I think if he's someone he's on the field, he's still going to make a big impact. So uh, definitely, something the Giants needed to do to kind of continue to build on the momentum of this uh, playoff berth they had in twenty twenty two. So with that though, I think we can move off of football and talk some brackets, college basketball, March Madness, and. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm excited for this time of year as always. But I oh, will I'm s-
1: I'm I'm excited to see my my bracket go down in flames two I hours into the time. I'm yeah. I'm fully prepared <laughs> for that. I we'll
0: we'll kind of get into this. Some of these regions, I'm all over the place on in terms of what I like. Think oh, is going to yeah. happen. I, so
1: I'm the same way. Where when we get into it, there are regions where I I do play it safe, and then there are regions where. So you know how as the tournament goes on you'll see your bracket with either a green space where hey you got this team right they advance and it's green but if 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 you got the team wrong it has a it's red and it has a it's just straight through yeah there's one region where i'm fully prepared like <laughs> uh, after the first round not even weekend the first round where i'm prepared to just put a giant x over the entire the region.
0: entire region yeah no I, yeah, we'll, yeah we'll get into that I, part of me has a feeling that we have the the same region in mind when talking about that but before we talk <laughs> about March Madness before we talk about the 68 teams that made the field I do want to take one last moment to just absolutely hate on my fake alma mater my college basketball team in the <laughs> North Carolina Tar Heels and you know what this season was a failure I had very little expectations coming into the AC tournament that this team would make the NCAA tournament. And I, I don't, I don't care about that fact, whatever this team was number one overall in the country, probably undeservingly just based off of a three week stretch in March. Um, but to not make the tournament at all, just absolute disaster, but to not even participate in the NIT, it, that's just, it's embarrassing. Like just that, putting a bow on a horrible season. And I, I hate it. I hate it so much. I hate I, the I, way I'm feeling I get it about that. these. You
1: don't yeah. the the nit. It's yeah. It's a consolation bracket, and it's you don't really have much to play for. But to to just say oh, we don't want to play. Yeah, like, right? yeah. Of course, no one really wants to play it, but but you still go out there. Yeah, like
0: Oklahoma and... State, Rutgers, Clemson. They just barely miss it. They would all rather be in the NCAA tournament but they're going to continue to play the NIT. They're going to give their fans, you know, one final home game or two, try to do something to at least end the season on a high note and go into next year feeling better about yourself. But I mean this team's just uh, everything about it has been horrible this year. All the drama, all the off the court stuff. And now it's just fans are just all over the place we have no idea how to feel about this team and i don't want 2023 to take away from how awesome 2022 was but i'm also like i'm already done with hubert davis after this year and like some of these players that i grew to love i'm just i don't know i think what caleb love did last year hitting that three-pointer ending coach k's career
1: that that was the dagger he
0: deserves a statue in chapel hill but he's being bullied off social media by tar heels fans you're just hating him for no reason is the way that i'm starting to look at it and it it just sucks it sucks how all this is playing out and i hate that this team is just giving more reasons to clown on them by not playing the nit just feeling like they're too good for this tournament and yeah i i don't know i i mean i'm going they were in
1: the first four out and i remember weeks ago (laughs) It was a mistake, but I remember weeks ago I was thinking they're really going to miss the <laughs> tournament. There's no way, like this team. Yeah, they're they're disappointing, but they're still way too good to miss the tournament. And then that last game, who who was the was opponent Virginia. that they played in the Virginia? Yeah. Right, that 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 Virginia game. Like, wow, they they, they suck. Yeah, man. I was like, wow, they they really aren't going to make the tournament. They were in the first four out, and they probably didn't even deserve to be in the first. No, four they, out. they probably should have been the next four. They out. They had
0: one quad, one win. They, it was just all based on expectations going into the season, the brand, whatever you want to look at it. But I mean, it, in regardless, even if I didn't think this team deserved to be, you know, number one heading into the season should have had some lower expectations. It should have still been a good team. The talent That's was way too good. Way too good for that. I mean, I mean this seemed like, yeah, like last year they were only an eight seed that went on a run, but like they still were fairly clear of, you know, missing the tournament when it was all said and done. So It's just a disaster, just a horrible way to finish the season. And I don't know what to expect. I feel like Baycott, Caleb Love, R.J. Davis, like they're all gone. I just don't know why anyone would want to come back after what happened this year. And I guess we'll see what Davis really has in him with uh, his like true recruits finally coming in. It's no longer just, you know, Roy Williams, his guys. But yeah, just a, a horrible feeling for me, and it it, it kind of takes away from March Madness a little for me. I, I like is it I is it fair to say,
1: to say that is it fair to say that they'll bounce back because kind of like the Broncos, <laughs> I mean of the NFL, were like it can't get worse. That's that's what I would
0: hope, but <laughs> is I, that fa- I don't know. I, I, I think that it's like the number twenty four recruiting class in the country, which just feels really bad for a program like North Carolina, and you know maybe. Transfer portal will do well for them as much as it might lose some guys, but yeah no i mean i i I'm not feeling great going into next year and Uh, You know, I'm trying to just be happy about March Madness, but again, I'm like, I don't feel great about my bracket because when do I ever do well when North Carolina doesn't win the whole thing? So I think I'm just (laughs) going into this hoping for some fun, hoping to enjoy some madness, but very much expecting to, like, not only hate that I don't really have a great rooting interest, but my bracket is just going to get blown up. So,
1: (laughs) Oh, mine, uh, every year I fully expect it to flame out. (laughs) <laughs> and early yeah. too <laughs>
0: yeah so i guess we can get into it and um we'll we'll start at the top of the south region and for the past few weeks ever since the you know the brandon miller news came out i've convinced myself that as good as alabama is and they're the number one team in the country that some way somehow they're not going to win it all like it just can't happen it right but i don't know after them winning the this tournament i'm starting to think that this this team is legit it's it's hard for me not I, to I really had, I had like the exact them.
1: same I had the exact same opinion where when the Brandon Miller news was coming out and thinking oh this team even though they're at the near the top and actually the very top right now I figured that there'd be a point where there'd be I don't know more news coming out on Brandon Miller right? but it seems like that the, the news died down and their their team is still dominant and yeah, I kind of have the same. I basically had the same opinion where I, <laughs> I thought I would be out on them, but not, I'm the opposite of out. <laughs>
0: yeah, do you have them uh, in on your Alabama. final four?
1: I have them in my final four. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now this it's... region, I I decided to play it. in terms of the who I have coming out of the this region. I played it safe and I picked Alabama, and you know I I don't really have th- this region. I I mostly played it safe for the most part. The one hot take that I kind of have, though, or not kind of have, I do have, uh, I watched the Duke-Virginia ACC championship game, and I got to tell you, that Virginia offense absolutely sucks. The the amount of times they turn the ball over, it's so awful to watch. Uh, Tony Bennett would be the worst NBA coach (laughs) if if you were an NBA coach because that Virginia team yes they won it all in 2019 but that, that's really the outlier they're they're an awful tournament team outside of that one year and they they yeah they constantly turn the ball over versus duke in that game and they're i've i've seen better offense in biddy games <laughs> 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 their their offense is just not good whatsoever and you know me when it comes to march madness i have biases towards those those mid major level schools that uh have the offense uh so Furman, like they're one of the top scoring teams in the in the nation, and I have them over Virginia as a as a first round upset. And it's 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 not it's really more anti Virginia than like pro Furman. <laughs> no, and I because I, <laughs> if it was like Oral Roberts uh-huh. playing them in this match, I'd pick Oral Roberts. It's really more of an anti Virginia thing for me. Yeah,
0: and I I totally understand that, and I I've been back and forth on this one. So there is a very appealing potential matchup in the second round here with Charleston versus Furman. Just Clemson's yeah, in the I, NIT. I have, I have that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Clemson's in the NIT. Gamecocks are sitting, you know, well out of tournament, like playoff hopes. And you could end up having Charleston and Furman playing for the right to go to the sweet 16. So definitely a lot of appeal there from that South Carolina fan perspective. I've been back and forth on this one because part of me is like Virginia still feels kind of safe here just looking at those other three teams but they're just gonna lose to Alabama by 40 in the sweet 16 if they advance all the See, way there that, so. that's the,
1: where I take chances in my brackets in terms of upsets is taking the the team where let's so like you said if Virginia were to advance to the sweet 16 I don't think they have any shot versus Alabama anyway and so why not just pick a than to lose to their to their first round opponent, or if you have them advancing the second round opponent. Yeah. Uh, what, and if you, what if you have them against uh, San, Diego San Diego State or, or Charleston? Charleston. Uh-huh. No, right. I I totally agree so with that. that. I
0: do that all the time as well, and a lot of times it comes back to bite me because you know they end up beating that it's team. Like that could have been a free upset. ten points for me, yeah, but if I just
1: uh, didn't want to, you know, be contrarian and just wanted to, you know, make the safe pick. But that's where. He, I I want to take chances in my brackets. Like, Same. I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be complete. Well, I guess there's one region where I'm kind of stupid, but <laughs> and probably go too far with it. But uh-huh. for the most part, yeah, I want to, I want I, w- I want to take some chances in in my bracket. Yeah. And that's and that's one where I'm like, yeah, I, I I'm completely out on Virginia.
0: Yeah, no, and I think that's a totally fair way to look at it. I think when it's all said and done, I'm also going to just ride with Furman. Uh, but. The one thing that I don't like about this ESPN draft format or tournament format is you don't get bonus points for higher seeds picking upsets. That's something that you do get in other formats. I think CBS does that. I would much rather them do that so that way you do get rewarded when you nail those upsets correctly. Whereas this, it's like, okay, well, most of the pool got it wrong. You're only getting 10 points over them. So it's not as big. Yeah.
1: I know what you mean. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Get bonus points for the upset picks.
0: Yep. All that being said, I don't have Alabama in the Final Four because who else is in this region? Arizona, of course. I can't help myself. I
1: I can't. <laughs> every year this team. I know. I know. Every year. Every year.
0: Last year no. they lost in the Sweet Sixteen as a one seed when I picked them to win the whole thing. And it.
1: Yeah. It, What's funny it, is that even before they lost to Houston in, in that round. I said to myself that they're not going to make it. <laughs> like after watching them almost blow it to TCU in the in the second round, I I remember thinking like, wow, this team is not as good as I thought they'd <laughs> yeah. be. And I I figured at any, at any point, whether it was versus Houston or Villanova, that they were going to lose <laughs> at some point.
0: I I was ready to give up on them, and yeah, they they weren't even like all that competitive against Houston. They, they end up losing by twelve in that game, and. I, I don't know. I I just can't. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's can't just anti-Alabama it. bias, but I I just can't <laughs> yeah, help I, it with. I have
1: them I have him in my Elite eight, so I can't say I'm out uh, <laughs> completely out. But but I don't I don't I don't want to pick him in my final four. But
0: no, the, Arizona like they're they're a talented team. That uh, they, they Azulis, won the, the pack. They won the uh, Pac-12 tournament. Courtney Ramey, great guard. Cur- Curse Cresa, whatever his name is. He's just like a. Guy, everybody hates, but you know he's someone who has potential to be a really solid player. Omar Balo, he's they, just a. They've had some down solid low.
1: teams. I, i re- they were really good when they had Aaron Gordon and T.J. McConnell. Yeah, I, I thought they would get. Well, I, unfortunately for them, they had to face Wisconsin. I know, uh, I know. They're just in the just eight.
0: short those years, but uh, yeah, they they always get upset ever since, and I I always pick them, <laughs> and I. Yeah, I just can't help myself. We'll see. Maybe you're I'll, gonna
1: learn your lesson this year. One, uh, maybe maybe I one will. year you will. Maybe when it comes to Arizona. Uh,
0: but thing is, the year that I don't pick them is gonna be the year that I actually go on a run. It just feels inevitable. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I mean, I guess like the the one other team I want to talk about in here, NC State. So they have gotten blown out by Clemson twice in the last few weeks of the season. And I just watched this team play, and I'm like, damn, they absolutely suck. Because the one time I root for them, they just get killed. Like in the ACC tournament. I was with a bunch of Gamecocks fans at a bachelor party this weekend. We're all watching this game like, oh, NC State, this is our team. And it's like, oh, I hope both teams lose. And of course, though, NC State's the only one to lose by like 20-something. But I I can't help but think they're going to show up to the tournament and they're going to go on this big run. (laughs) <laughs> like they're going to be the team that knocks out Arizona in the sweet 16. But I just, every time I watch them, it's just like, you suck. So yeah. And it, of course it, they're like also a team that I don't want to just pick them because I don't like them as a UNC rival, but I, I don't know. It just feels like they're a team that
1: do you, do you, do you have them going on a run? No, I don't. I sweet have them losing run? to Creighton. I have them losing,
0: to, have Creighton. Them losing to Creighton because I'm like okay. my, my head says they're not a good team, but my like, Pessimistic heart says they're just gonna go on this big run, but I know if I actually pick them to go on a run, they're gonna lose in the first round. So,
1: yeah, I don't, I don't really have any crazy, like, take. Well, <laughs> I will say I do have, uh, I have Ferb in my Sweet Sixteen. <laughs> I guess that's the one crazy thing. <laughs> yeah, and and yeah, that that's the one crazy thing about this region for me. Uh, it's really more of an anti-Virginia thing, but I, but I also just think that they can beat. Whomever they face, I I have Charleston, <laughs> so I have the twelve mm-hmm. thirteen matchup, and then just by default, I, I pick them uh, to make the Sweet Sixteen. But whoever whoever makes it is probably gonna get killed by Alabama anyway. Yeah, so, for sure. <laughs> that's really the only crazy thing about uh, this region for my bracket. Everything else is pretty much chalk. Where I have Alabama, and then like Arizona versus Baylor, mm-hmm. and then Alabama being Arizona. Like, yeah, you know, I mean I, don't I- have.
0: I think that that's fair. I think that this region is probably the most shock that I have, Um, but it's, I'm still very undecided about that Virginia pod and how I'm going to end up letting that one play out. Um, Yeah. I'm, I'm fully committed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm leaning more toward Charleston than Furman, but you know, it's Mm -hmm. the same concept there. So
1: exactly. It's the same concept.
0: All right. Do you want to go across the board or down?
1: Uh, that's up to you. Um, Okay, uh, I, I I go across.
0: All right, I'd also like to go. But I don't. There. I don't care. Yeah. All right. No, let's yeah. go across. Let's go to the next round. Or, you know, the next like the number two seed overall. That's Houston. So that's right. that's where we're at in the Midwest region, and you know, it's it's crazy, but. I still I I have not fallen off my my Houston thoughts here if I mean my bracket name if you can't tell if you're listening before you can read everything it's called hello friends for gymnasts and what better way for gymnasts to go out than by crowning his alma mater or announcing them as the national champions handing a tie to AP all-american senior guard Marcus Sasser as Jairus Walker rises his draft stock already a lottery pick now all of a sudden he's up there in the conversation for a top three four overall And houston cougars are your national champions and that is my mindset at this time we'll see if i wake up but i've been saying it for two weeks and it hasn't changed so i guess here we are
1: (laughs) you know one trend if if people want to bet against on that i think would really work uh for for people is Anytime me and you have the same winner, <laughs> yeah. in the in the tournament, it never goes well. So uh, I think people should uh, should should uh, take that take that one seriously because I have Houston. You do, okay. My winner All right. Well. I thought you were prepared yeah, to say that have, you're completely I, I'm, fading. I'm on, the same, <laughs> I'm on the same. I'm on the same train as you. Where I think they're the best team, but I think there's also a narrative street as well. Where yeah, you they're in Houston, and then. Jim Nance's final season and being a University of Houston alma mater. And I mean, a lot depends on Sasser and and if he's healthy, but Uh I'm banking on him being healthy.
0: Same. Uh,
1: but yeah, I'm I'm on the same same boat as you when it comes to Houston. Uh, they, they even have, though they even though they lost to Memphis in their conference championship game, I'm still not going to back off.
0: Yeah, I agree, and I I don't think that is enough reason to fully give up on them. I, I think I had some questions going into that tournament, but I think they did enough to make me believe that they are capable of going on this steep run. And,
1: and they've and, been a good tournament team these past couple have. seasons with yeah. with not as good rosters, but not the rosters. That they've had that they have this year, because uh-huh. because la- last year they beat Arizona. Yep, they made it to one of the, be- lead one of the favorites coming seed. in the tournament. And then two- yeah, like you said, yeah, two years ago they made it in to the final four as a two seed. Yep, an underrated two seed.
0: Yeah, and they did beat four double-digit seeds on their way to the Final right. Four. Right, yeah, they had the easiest pass, the and then they got their yeah. ass kicked
1: versus Baylor. Yeah. But still, it's still an accomplishment to make the Final Four. Of course, the so, and Calvin,
0: Calvin Sampson is a great coach. He's someone who's really turned around that program. Even before that, 2019, they went to the Sweet 16, put up a big fight against a really good Kentucky team. 2018, famously lost to to Michigan on a Jordan Poole buzzer beater. So,
1: oh, that was a killer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I do uh, remember that. Yeah, they, so Michigan wouldn't have made. They made the championship game. They, they did. They really could have. Yeah, they really almost lost in, the lost in the round, round, thirty-two that year. Uh-huh. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I mean, this is a team that Houston. They they've been building toward this, and it's not even just about the narrative. It is just like this is a team that I do also believe is the best in the country, or at least the second best after Alabama. And uh I mean, the basketball power index has them as the number one overall team, offensively and defensively. Their top five team in the country. There's just a lot of reasons to love this team, and of course, the one thing that I think could break him would be Marcus Sasser not being healthy. But if he's healthy, I, I really like the team' chances.
1: Yeah, it's a. I feel like you got to go all or nothing with Houston. in, in I your agree. bracket. Yep. And and, mo- and more people are picking, and maybe rightfully so, Alabama instead of Houston. So I think there's a little bit of a contributing angle. Yeah, of course, Houston I mean, <laughs> instead of Alabama. Uh-huh. Yeah, I actually, not like thought- super, but like. But I think there's an edge on picking Houston mm-hmm. more. Uh, if yeah, building I, I, multiple brackets. I
0: agree with that. So I think that's a that's certainly a, an appeal there. But um, I guess just kind of looking at the rest of this bracket. So I, I'm very torn on Miami making a run to the Sweet 16 and getting knocked out by drake in the first round because this is a team i've watched them i think they, they're really good isaiah long is ACC player of the year i like their chances but i'm also like damn, the missouri valley conference like they have all these teams that can uh you know they're really good when whenever they're like an 11 12 seed and then they end up going on a nice little run in the tournament
1: <laughs> what's funny is that you mentioned miami like i my other double digit seed in my sweet 16 is is, is drake, drake. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah i mean if they win i i like them to beat indiana but i don't know i'm, I'm back and forth on this one and it's like every that 512 upset like you got to pick a couple of them the, and this the one feels very primed for it
1: the 512 upset is becoming more and more popular and and it's a trend that more and more people realize but it's also one that i i still want to take advantage of too Especially in this matchup, uh, especially with Drake is like one of the like oldest teams. Like they have like f- like a whole starting lineup of fifth year seniors, so they're really uh, an experienced team that you know that has a lot of experience together. I mean, mm-hmm. so I, I think that works to to their advantage, and so that so yeah, this is like another double digit seed that I have in my Sweet Sixteen, not making us uh, a run whatsoever like deep run cuz obviously I have not losing to Houston but but I there's another matchup where they're 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 barely underdogs versus Miami they're like mm-hmm. 1 point underdogs
0: yeah uh, so i mean it, it's one it does feel like a toss up that i think has like pretty big at least early first weekend tournament implications um but looking down at the bottom of the bracket this is where things get a little fun for me so Texas and they are widely considered the most underseeded team in this tournament. They just yeah. Went it on sounds
1: a- like they got screwed. Just given their track record on how many teams they be- how many top ranked twenty five teams that they've beaten, uh, especially yep. late in the season because they've been trending up mm-hmm. uh, late in the season. Yeah, they won. It sounds like I think they got screwed with the seven season. Yeah, I, I think seventeen
0: like up- and four down the stretch or nineteen and four. Uh, yeah, they beat Alabama in the last game of the regular season at home. They beat Tennessee. They beat Mizzou both ranked wins they did lose to bama by 19 in the sc championship game so there is one conspiracy going around that texas a&m was screwed over by the committee because last year buzz williams put out a nine-page report saying that a&m should have made the tournament when they were one of the first teams out
1: yeah i i've seen that one as well where the committee has a reasonable bias against buzz williams and Uh and the criticism that he had he's had in the past and so that's why that the that Texas A&M got screwed over it makes sense yeah know. I, I, yeah, I believe that it does yeah I believe that theory
0: Uh uh-huh. but at the same time I think it's also pretty easy to say well no the committee just took advantage of a possible Texas versus Texas A&M second round matchup that was
1: that was the other scenario I thought of that like hey if if the if the tournament is going to be in Houston with all these Texas teams uh, in the in the tournament like hey maybe have a have a matchup there, and then and then a possible one-two matchup with with Houston versus the Texas Longhorns. So,
0: yep, and it, that's certainly possible. But I'm going with the team with the chip on their shoulder, and instead I got Texas A&M playing Houston in the Elite Eight. I think Alabama great this year.
1: I have thought about this one as well. I, I I guess my bracket isn't fully set. Yeah, uh, no, I of mean, course. There's still a couple. Of definitely out. things I'm committed to, like like Alabama and Houston in my Final Four. Uh-huh. And Houston winning like they're, they're definitely things like that I'm committed to but yeah I'm I'm considering Texas uh as the you know the chalk elite eight matchup but I'm also considering like what you just said the the upset because seven two upset is is one I like to to, to, yeah, I like to, to have one a lot too.
0: Yep, every year. Because it, it happens all the time that you have a two seed go home in the first weekend. So I always try to identify at least one of them. Um, and for me, it's tough because AM's playing Penn State in the first round. Like I, I have family that went to Penn State. Yeah, I've always Penn been State a fan of them. Penn State was really good in the Big Ten tournament. Yeah. They almost won the Big Ten. Yeah, they went all the way to the title game. They gave Purdue a sh- run for their money in that one. And it, I think there's also. A and M did the same thing, and you can say, "Well, are these teams battle tested, or are they more just gonna be tired and you know they don't have the run left in them after doing it in the conference tournament?" So I think Penn State these... won
1: a lot of games by single digits; like they won yeah. all those games, but the the margin of victory was like by two, three, or four points in each.
0: Yeah, every single one of them. Yeah, Northwestern in overtime, Indiana they were up twelve with like a minute forty five to go, and that one came down to the end. And then yeah, Purdue they lost by two. So, yeah, I mean, this is one where I think that first round matchup is going to play a, a big role in how things go. But I, I don't know. It's, I think just with Texas, I just for whatever reason, I've always had an irrational hatred toward that program just in general. Uh, you know, football, basketball, baseball doesn't matter what the sport is. So uh, there have been a lot of times where I've just found myself trying to fade Texas, but there have also been years where I like buy into the Longhorns and they end up losing in like the first or second round. I remember a couple years ago, I think Grand Canyon beat them or some no, some other. No, I,
1: I, yeah, it, I know what you're talking about. They they were a three seed one yeah. year. I think it was a couple years ago and they lost to a. I feel like it was a purple seed.
0: team. Yeah, yeah. Have, I
1: that, uh, I understand the confusion because they lost to a, a purple the lumberjacks. Team. Was... Is
0: that who it was?
1: i'm looking up right now
0: Stephen f austin i feel like that's no I, it wasn't i Stephen remember f. Austin. it was Stephen okay.
1: f austin <laughs> yeah
0: i know they, they did pull off an upset or two in the past but okay so yeah i mean that that's kind of where where i'm at with texas uh but i mean they, they're a talented basketball team marcus carr is a really good player and they're a team that was kind of expected to fall off when chris beard was fired mid-season and they haven't they won the big 12 tournament so
1: Abilene Christian. Abilene Christian,
0: yes. In. All right, that's who it was. So, uh, yeah, it was a team from Texas, at least. So I got that one. And it was right. purple. I And purple, I, I knew yep. it
1: wasn't St- – I would have remembered if it was Stephen F. Austin because I would have yeah. stupidly picked them <laughs> because they're the Stephen F. Austin Lumberjacks, and they yep. had that incredible four-point play versus VCU oh, years ago, if you remember that. Yeah, I
0: do remember that because that, that one killed me because I think I had VCU going on a big run <laughs> that year. So –
1: it was it was the wildest thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, oh, the the only way they could win this game now is if they get a, a three pointer and a foul and one, hit the free throw and go in overtime and and they and they end up doing it.
0: Yeah. It oh, I know. It was just just insane. I couldn't believe that happened. I remember watching that in my dorm room. I'm like, Are you kidding me? Um and I guess you know, the one last slide I have here, so Pitt is playing tonight when we're recording in the first four. So i are really hoping for them to win. I'm probably gonna pick them to beat Iowa State if they do, just cause they're pit and I need to pick one of my, you know, teams to to win a game, but I uh, definitely don't believe in them. They got destroyed by Duke, and I think it's almost a, a miracle that they avoided missing the tournament and you know made the first four. So good luck. <laughs> All right. So with that, let's move on to the West region. Kansas, the defending national champs, and they didn't end up with the number one overall seed, but we haven't seen a team go back-to-back since 2007. We've seen teams enter highly seeded, following a national championship, flame out early for various reasons. I like Kansas's chances of going somewhat deep here. I think UConn is a very popular pick to knock them out in the Sweet 16, though. And... I don't know what your thoughts are on this Kansas team. Um, I,
1: I have I have uh, UConn in my elite eight. Okay, so but... you do
0: have them knocking out Kansas.
1: <laughs> no, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I have uh I have Arkansas over Kansas really? in the okay. second round. The must yeah, spots. I, that's so they're yeah I like attacking um at least one seven over two matchup and I, I like attacking at, le- at least one uh, eight over one seed matchup and that's I never do
0: the eight over one but it it does happen like just as much it's worked it's worked
1: way too much for me (laughs) 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 so it's so I'll admit there's a little bit of bias there yeah uh the combination of that and and like being a hater of Kansas uh but yeah like (laughs) Loyola over uh Illinois (laughs) like that worked out for me but
0: yeah uh, I know a lot of people will pick North Carolina over Baylor I couldn't bring myself to do it yeah yeah, North Carolina
1: over Baylor um, I I oh I took NC State over Villanova when that Villanova did. was yep. a one seed and they had that sad f- flute girl. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah. So the eight over one has worked way too much for me, uh, like complete luck. Um, but that is one that I have, and yeah. So that's 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 uh, <laughs> it, it 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 likely won't happen, but I like to take chances, uh, obviously, and that's one that I have. And so I have UConn in my elite eight. But in my final four pick, uh, I went with Gonzaga. I'm not 100% on it, but that's who I have right now. And I think, so they have one of the best offenses in the country, and obviously I'm biased towards that. But one thing that I think will really work out in their favor is that the last two seasons they've been a number one overall seed, Mm -hmm. and there's been all this pressure on them to win. Yep. And – Two years ago, they lost in the championship game, losing the undefeated record versus Baylor. And then last year, they lost to Arkansas. And I think there'll be less pressure on them to succeed. I don't have them going all the way, of course, but but I do think they can still make a run. Uh, there'll be less pressure on them. They still have 17th-year senior Drew Timmy. <laughs> <on>. <laughs> and, and they have a great offense that can score in many ways. And so I have them right now as uh, my my pick coming out of that region
0: yeah I and mean, i think that's a reasonable way to look at it so i have ucla versus gonzaga in the sweet 16 i'm back and forth on which one i want to take that, to the final four i have exactly. ucla I'm, right I'm, now but the thing with ucla is they lost jalen clark who's their best defensive player with a torn achilles they did end up going to the Pac-12 championship game they did put up a fight against arizona lost just on a you know late game winning three but i think that ucla McCronin, like they, they, there might just be like this this thing about them where they kind of like Texas A and M have a bit of a chip on their shoulder. Like they're trying to go out um, in their last, I think it's their last year in the Pac twelve. Uh, there's like a lot of rumors about um, you know them getting screwed because they're leaving the Pac twelve to go to the Big Ten. I don't want to give up on UCLA just because they they lost a guy to an injury, but that has to be a serious concern. So. I'm
1: going back and forth with the Zags. UCLA and UConn,
0: yeah. So I have UConn losing to Iona right now. Rick Patino. <laughs> just one last that, win to just a, get as much money as possible from some, uh, you know, Big East school.
1: When you when you factor in four seeds or higher, the, the UConn is that popular team right now. Like, oh yeah, uh, in terms of like four seeds. Well,
0: because they have work. the experience of going on deep runs when nobody sees it coming.
1: Yeah, and you could you could also say that they're underseeded. Yeah, well, space.
0: they also like, they started the year fourteen and zero. They sucked in January, but they've played much better, uh, you know, since then.
1: Yeah, so picking Iona would be definitely contrarian uh, as a as <laughs> an upset.
0: Yeah, we'll see if I stick with it because that puts VCU for me in the Sweet Sixteen because uh, I have them beating St. Mary's. I do like that one, but I don't know. I mean, UConn's one of those where. I can easily convince myself that they'll make the Elite Eight like a lot of people do, but I, I've i had success fading them and having them lose in the first round before, uh, including last year to New Mexico State, so I like the idea of just riding with that one. But I've also had years where I've had them lose in the first round they won the national championship, so, yeah, you know, my, uh,
1: Yeah, so my bold call in this region was, yeah, Arkansas over Kansas. Like Kansas, they did not look great at all in the, in the pick in the big 12 tournament versus they also
0: didn't have bill self coaching
1: them uh, sure so. yeah he was hospitalized but yeah they did not look good versus texas at all and in arkansas they, they they're a decent tournament team and you know they they beat gonzaga last year and that was a that was a massive upset that no one saw coming and, and they mm-hmm. got a couple a couple uh NBA prospects on their team that are projected. Yep. Yeah, Nick you know, Smith. T- and, top ten. Yeah. So, well,
0: they going into the season they were supposed to be really good, and they just never met. Those, no that's another thing. It's like I like
1: I like taking teams to make a either small run or big run that were you know highly ranked, highly rated in the beginning of the year, and and you know dipped, but are coming along. Yeah, and you I can definitely of, see it Gonzaga. They were like up there with North Carolina as like the number one or two ranked team in the country starting the year, but they dipped, and now mm-hmm. now they're coming along. And so, yeah, like, that's kind of why I'm sticking with Gonzaga right now. But but yeah, it's you can make a case this, for a lot of teams in this region.
0: I, this region, yeah, that, that's the thing. This region is so loaded. Like I, I think you can genuinely see four teams going to the final four and even winning a national championship in this region with the top four teams of Kansas, UCLA, Gonzaga and Yukon. that's um, why I'm having a hard time with it. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I totally agree with it. And it's one where like, I don't love it. Like I look at this region. I'm like, I shouldn't have one versus two in the elite eight because they are just so many great teams, even like looking down at some of these other ones. Like you said, Arkansas could certainly pull off an upset there. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I really take VCU seriously outside of that first four there, but I think they're a team that could, you know, maybe get things going here. And um I don't know, Northwestern is a team that I think has just been slightly better than I realize all year. And I'm just like, are they going to sneak up on me and they're going to, you know, pull off a little early upset of UCLA? I don't really believe in them, but this this is a tough region. I can see it going in a lot of directions. So, yeah.
1: Gonzaga, UCLA. at That'd be a really good matchup. Or a good a really good rematch. Yeah, because from what, that, that game two years ago Oh true. That, final, that one, yeah. the, the final which game were you talking about? I was
0: talking Adam Morrison, two thousand six, when they <laughs> met is two versus three in the Sweet Sixteen.
1: <laughs> oh wow, that's going way back. Wow, yeah. Adam Morrison, that's a name. Yes. Um, no,
0: you're right. It would be a good rematch was, with uh. From just two the years one two ago. years
1: ago. That was yeah. a hell of a game. Just one you know, of the that best. That was total back and forth. Games, and then when yeah. Ju when Juzang hit that layup to tie of the game, I figured like, all right, well, we're going to. I think it was double. It was I think double it would have been overtime? double overtime. Yeah, it was overtime. But I think it would have been double overtime yep. if uh, yep. if Jalen Stuggs does hit, hit
0: that yeah miracle half court shot.
1: Uh, yeah, that was a crazy ten second sequence there at the yep. end.
0: Yep. so Uh, so yeah no you're right that would be a fun rematch of that it would also be a fun rematch of you know Aaron Aflalo I think was on that team against uh, Adam Morrison
1: was that the game where Adam Morrison was crying at the end yes
0: yes that was that game (laughs) yeah
1: Yeah, him and JJ Redick were were (laughs) the talk of the country yeah uh, college basketball wise I think they both lost in the sweet 16
0: that sounds right I I think I think Duke was a one seed they lost to LSU that year who went to the final four so yeah right Yep, that's a flashback. I do, I, yeah, oh, I <laughs> love reminiscing over old tournaments. I, I do too. <laughs> and, <laughs> just like pulling yeah. names and like, oh, how do I have that still stored up there? <laughs> so, oh, anyway,
1: I, I, obviously, yeah. obviously, I can't give you like real hardcore college basketball analysis, but I do love reminiscing on past games, like, and past upsets. Remember when? Uh, so, like, I have uh, Kansas losing the second round. Like remember yeah. when they were the number 1 overall team and then <laughs> Ali like, the clear favorite and then Ali Farokmanesh I watched that video like I every every uh, time this year like I, I always go back to that game and and watch the uh replay of that shot of Ali Farokmanesh and and Kevin Harlan on the call <laughs> like that that was a great that was a it ruined my bracket but it was a hell of a <laughs> hell of a game uh-huh. a hell of a shot Yeah <laughs> to take always. that shot too
0: no, it, it definitely ruined mine. So I remember I wasn't happy about it at the time. But looking back, it's like who cares? That Kansas, City oh yeah. the second when, round when is there, awesome.
1: When there are upsets like that, I I don't I just I don't care about my bracket at that point. I, I just I want to see the miracle upset. Like yeah, last, I mean, it's, just it's last year, March St. So Peter's.
0: Yeah, yeah, going like, all the way all to the... all
1: three games. I had the other team. What if it was Kentucky or Murray State or Purdue? Like I had them advancing to the next round, <laughs> and I did not give a shit at all i wanted to see the upset
0: yeah no and i i i agree for the most part it sucks that every 15 seed that is beat to two i pick them to go to the final four so i can't really enjoy it without my bracket just getting totally destroyed in the first round but yeah it's one of those looking back where it's like all right now that's all said and done i can appreciate these a lot more um i remember when we did that um best sports moments of you know the twenty tens, Northern Iowa beating Kansas was up there that Ali will shot specifically. And I would just, you know, from the, the He's Done It Twitter account, I would just tweet at a bunch of like athletic teams, you know, whatever. And I tweeted at Northern Iowa and head coach Ben Jacobson retweeted it. So that oh, that's was kind of awesome. cool. He unretweeted it right away. I assume it's just someone like wasn't paying attention to what they were doing, but I did have the Ben Jacobson retweeted notification. In you know
1: by Twitter app, so that was fun. dunk City is another great fifteen over two uh Florida Gulf Coast if you yeah. if you know what I was talking about yeah. yeah
0: so well there was a espN tweeted out or sports center they tweeted out like what is the biggest upset in ncaa tournament history they they had all of those on there. Almost everyone is saying, come on, 16 seed, UMBC. Yeah,
1: UMBC over Virginia. Even though, like I said, Virginia blows in the tournament. They were the number one
0: overall team in the tournament that year. It's the only time it's ever happened. I, I think there are two ways to look at it. Biggest upset, probably that one. Greatest upset, I'd say either NC State over Houston in 83 or Villanova over Georgetown in 85. Because I think those are the two that really helped just the whole March Madness concept exists. Like the, those are the two early ones. I also did just. You could also
1: say St. Peter's winning three games. Yeah, of like course. It's one them thing going to win on a once. huge run.
0: Yeah, and yeah. and
1: then we've seen Florida Gulf Coast and Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts. Uh, they both both made the make Sweet the Sweet Sixteen, season. but not make the Elite Eight. But St. Peter's. St. Peter's did. the only one to do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I guess like. In terms of like most like best Cinderella run, that has to be up there probably. Right, but singular game. Or, yeah, that's different. So yeah, and, say, and they and
1: they crushed Virginia too.
0: They did, yeah, winning by twenty points. So I would say, in terms of best Cinderella run, it's either St. Peter's to Elite Eight or George Mason to the Final Four.
1: I was gonna say George Mason. So. I don't know, it's cooler when it's Final Four, even though Saint Peter's is a 15 seed. Like uh-huh. they got their ass kicked by North Carolina. <laughs> yeah, uh, it wasn't even a contest. Uh, but yeah, George Mason making the Final Four that was that was insane. Yeah, them like the Ramblers, uh, VCU. Remember it was VCU and Butler. Yeah, <laughs> I both can't in believe the same that was year. a Final Four matchup. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That that w- that was an insane year. I, I mean, it ruined literally everyone's. Bracket. Oh yeah. Uh huh.
0: 2011. Uh, I, just, I, that was a crazy I one. I had
1: UConn in my final four, but like I didn't have them winning. <laughs> that's all you needed, uh, though. I know. <laughs> um. Yeah. So we just reminisced for like 15 minutes there. That's
0: yeah. Cool. Oh that's, no! It's so bad. much fun. I know. And I, I you know, know I, I, I'll say I like that we're talking about these uh, because I do have a good transition here because talking about Saint Peter's because they're a couple teams that they knocked out last year in this East region which is a final one and i wanted to say this for last because i can't think of a time that i hated a region more than i hate this one <laughs> <laughs> i have been all over the place trying to pick these games like this region uh, sucks I, I can see it going a million different ways and oh, i just know this, like this is going to be absolute chaos with my bracket or it's just to be straight up chalk and i like I, yeah i hate this one re, so much
1: re, you know how i said about half hour ago where uh
0: I think it was longer yeah, than. There'll half be hour green ago, parts yeah. in your
1: bracket where you get the, the check mark, uh, but then there'll be one where it have like names crossed off. Yep. This one is, yes, I
0: knew this was this, the one you is, were talking about. This
1: is the region where I'm going all out, and it's gonna look. I'm gonna look like the dumbest person when uh <laughs> when this region's all sudden and, and i'm like do
0: uh, i want to look like the dumbest person with the slight chance of being a genius and i i don't know where i'm gonna go when it's I'm all taking that done, chance with but... with
1: this region no doubt about it
0: <laughs> all right so i guess uh starting from the top how far do you have purdue going
1: <laughs> one round <laughs> i yeah
0: so this is where i have my my upset and i'm like i'm not even convinced that memphis is going to beat florida atlantic but if I, they do like I just don't believe in Purdue, and I think that they're oh, the most I'm, likely I'm, team to go out in the first weekend.
1: Oh yeah, I mean Memphis was my my team uh, back in '08, uh, my first year ever doing brackets. They're my, they my choice to win it all, and they lost at literally the, the last second of regulation. Thank you, Mario Chalmers. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I, <laughs> reminiscing about that year, uh, that they were my team that year, and not and even pre-tournament. Like I, I definitely love that team. It was it was just one year, but but uh, they're killing it right now. They yep. they just beat Houston in their conference tournament game, and they're definitely trending upward heading into the tournament. And like you said, they could easily lose the Florida Atlantic and make me look stupid. But I got them winning that game and then upsetting Purdue as well. So. Yeah
0: yeah no i i'm i'm believing in this memphis team like they're penny hardaway like his tenure at memphis has not necessarily lived up to some of the expectations with them having potential national championship threat teams but i do think that this is a this is a team that is legit and you know zach edie is someone who's a phenomenal player and he could go out and have a 30.15 rebound game and Purdue can, you know, easily go on a deep run in this tournament. But if there's like one team that I, I want to fade, they're the easy choice.
1: Purdue never really... When was the last time they made the Final Four? <laughs> I can't even uh, remember. They should remember. have
0: made it in 2019. They lost to Virginia. Remember Mamadi Diakite with just this improbable Crazy, offensive rebound, you know, last yeah. second shot. Uh-huh. Yeah. I remember yeah. that. Yeah, that like that was easily a team that could have done it. Car-
1: Carson Edwards had the game of his life. And I remember yep. when the Celtics got, i like, oh, this guy's going to be awesome, <laughs> even though he's like five and a half feet tall.
0: Yeah, just no, that never worked out. I mean, last year they lost St. Peter's. Like that was a team that easily could have gone to the Final Four. Jaden Ivey, lottery pick. And yeah, that just did not work yeah, out Yeah, I, I had
1: them in my Final Four. And do I regret it? Maybe a little. Be- I don't know, but whatever. <laughs>
0: All right, let's uh, move down here and Duke Oral Roberts. I, Duke is one of the hottest <laughs> teams in basketball. They they just, they just won, what, nine in a row. They won the ACC tournament. But the ACC sucks. Do we really have to buy into them and think that they're this great team? Part of me wants to put them in the final four, but I really also want to just pick Oral Roberts to knock about in the first round and pray it I,
1: happens. I think Duke has the widest range of outcomes. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> think could, so as well. They have... They definitely have uh, Final Four potential, but they could easily lose in the first round to Oral Roberts. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, n- nine out of ten dentists would recommend <laughs> picking Oral Roberts over Duke in their brackets.
0: <laughs> I, I don't know that nine out of ten dentists should recommend that because I think Duke <laughs> is the better team. But Oral Roberts, Max Abmus, you remember two years ago, he was phenomenal. He's averaging 22 points a game. And they have Connor Vanover who was on the Arkansas team that knocked him out. He's seven foot five. <laughs> I mean, he's someone who could certainly match up with Zach Eady if they meet in the sweet sixteen. There's plenty of reasons to buy into Oral Roberts. And it sucks that they're playing Duke because I think there are a lot of teams that easy money Oral Roberts to go on a little run. And that's just what has me so scared about them. At one point in time, I had Oral Roberts in my final four. I just I, I can't bring myself to pick him past second round because I just know if I do that, Duke is going to knock him out, and I'm just going to be so pissed.
1: Yeah, I, so I I have Duke uh, in that matchup, but I don't have in my final four because I don't know. I just I just think well, one they're getting a lot of steam, maybe rightfully yeah. so. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But I I really felt like last year was their year. Like they had. Paulo buncaro AJ Griffin, Mark Williams. Their team was loaded last year, and they're just I, not. I, I this feel year. like I feel like they blew their chance. I mean, I, not saying they can't ever be great again, but I just thought last year was a much better team, and they really blew their chance. And I think I think the team's good. Uh, they they won. They're their, fine. <laughs> yeah, they won the ACC. Kyle,
0: Kyle so a good player for sure. But like and then they he still have Roach in, as their yeah point Jeremy Roach still there. I mean, it, this they're still a good team. Like I, I can acknowledge that. They're also much less hateable with John Shire as their head coach than they were with Coach K for so many years. But yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I, I've heard some people try to say this would be so funny for Duke to go on a deep run and just be like, wow, they get rid of Coach K and this team goes even further than you know his I, great team. That'd be kind that, that would be kind
1: of funny. It would be, but <laughs> it'd
0: also just be just as, and if not funnier, for Duke fans to see their team go out in the first round, like the good old days when they were that losing the Lehigh too. and Mercer every year. So
1: they have the fu- they have the widest range of outcomes, and they have the funniest uh, yeah <laughs> range of outcomes where they could lose in the first round. That'd be funny for people like you, and yeah, but I it'd mean, also be funny going to the people Final who age Coach K the if they went on title. this yeah. nat- national title run. Yeah, yeah,
0: no, absolutely. And I I don't know what I'm gonna do. I think I'm just gonna. Oral Roberts, but at the same time, I find myself now really high on Tennessee because they're like, oh, they had this great defense. But when has Rick Barnes ever done anything in the tournament to make you believe in him?
1: I, I mean, never. Not like Tennessee, they've they been lost a great to the Ramblers. Team. I remember that. Yeah, they've been a great <laughs>
0: team so many years in under him, and they just they get upset every single year. And I don't know. I almost feel like I'm yeah, picking just, them just going like to run Purdue, by default.
1: Just like Purdue, do you remember the last time they made the Final Four?
0: Purdue beat Tennessee in the Sweet Sixteen in twenty nineteen. Yeah, I mean Tennessee. No, like they. I don't think that I've been I alive can for these that easily. A, but just saying yeah. to you,
1: if you if you can even. I recall. don't
0: remember a time where I've been paying attention where they've made the Final Four. Their
1: women's team was great for a bunch of yeah, years.
0: Yeah, yeah, Pat <laughs> Summit, but they're uh, yeah. I don't know. And I, I don't know why I'm trying to tell myself that this is the year. I think it's just because I'm so scared of picking Oral Roberts. I'm so scared of picking Duke and I definitely don't want to pick Purdue. So
1: They've never made the Final Four? <laughs> They've never made it. <laughs> they made the this is Elite Eight in twenty ten, but there's nothing that lists like Final Four. Oh, there's no yeah, way. like they have I mean, I'm looking right now, like NCA appearances has like all these years, round of 32, and then Sweet 16, and then just Elite Eight, 2010, and then that's it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's wild to me. I mean, I, I I can't say that I'm totally shocked because I've never seen it happen, but I just assume that a school like Tennessee would have had one year in like the 80s where they made it.
1: That's what that's that's what my thought was too. Like I I got I have Purdue up right now, right? Yeah. They made the final four in 1969 and 1980. That's it, and okay. then they were runner up in 1969. That's it, though. Like that's they don't it. have yeah. a a title, and they only have two fi- final four appearances, and they were ages ago.
0: Yeah, I mean that's not as surprising to me with Purdue because I, I mean, I feel like they that's just who they are. They're a team right. that's always kind of good, but never really good. So I, I don't know. The last time they were a one seed, that feels like. This is the first time in a a while that they've been this highly seated. But, yeah. So, anyway, I mean, this is already like we've only talked (laughs) about half of this region and I'm already Uh, hating everything about it. The bottom uh, half is just I've been all over the place on this one. So, Kentucky-Providence. This is a fun matchup. Bryce Hopkins, revenge game, whatever you want to call it. He was at Kentucky, didn't get enough minutes, transfers to Providence. He's an absolute star there. I really like Providence's chances in this one. But I'm also like, it's Kentucky. Is this a year like, you know, after last year they're gonna completely, you know, turn things around and go on a deep run? I could see both scenarios happening with them, just the same as I can with Duke.
1: I was, I was actually just about to correct myself where I said that Duke has the widest range of outcomes. Like maybe Kentucky does because (laughs) there have been several years, including last year, where they they're touted to be a, a tournament favorite and then they flame out right in the beginning. But then there've been years like. I remember back in 2014, they yeah, were an eight, an eight, seed, eight seed, and they, they they didn't have a great season, but they were highly ranked in the beginning of the year and had all this talent and and they made it all the way to the national championship game and and it, and it took a lot of close games too. They they had close games versus Wichita and Louisville and Michigan and Wisconsin, and then and then the, the title game versus UConn. Like they, it took a hell of a run, but they made it and had all this talent with the Harrison twins and and Willie colley Stein and uh I think well I think Cat uh, most of those guys are the, year Towns after. Is the other the next yeah. year when they uh-huh. went undefeated. But they had all this talent regardless. Uh, so yeah I could see I could Oscar see with she Kentucky played. too, where they could easily lose to Providence but they could also make a run as well. I have Kentucky yeah. in that round too, but that, that's another upset that wouldn't surprise me. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I mean, just, like, going down the rest of it, I think Marquette is a legitimate national championship contender. I think they've been the best team in the Big East all year, and they're a team that, at times, I've had them in my Final Four, but I'm also just, like, they just feel like such a random team as well to me. And I, I don't know why that is, that I'm just, like, scared to to pick them to go on a deep run, and, like, it almost feels like if I do, then it's inevitable that Vermont's, the one time they actually win in the tournament is going to be knocking out Marquette.
1: Martin has never been this highly ranked, or at least recently, because, I mean, we've seen UCLA, they they were a, a Final Four team as an 11 seed a couple of years ago and highly touted four seed just last year. And, and they've had, obviously, uh, dozens of title runs in the past. Um, and, and then we've seen Arizona break our hearts <laughs> several times. Uh-huh. And so so looking at other two seeds, I can see your point where they're kind of random uh, a little bit as a two seed compared to the other teams
0: yeah yeah and that that's like kind of my mindset with them I mean I I still have them in the Elite Eight right now but I've been all over the place on that one and part of it is just I Kentucky is one where I said like I could see it going in a lot of directions and I'm just fading them Kansas State I know like the Big 12 is a really strong conference but I, I think they faded down the stretch I don't really believe in them and I mean, I guess Michigan State's always out there, but I like Southern Cal to knock him out in the first round. So
1: yeah, Mi- Mi- Michigan State. Obviously, I'm biased, but they could easily lose in the first round, but they could also. I can see them making a run too. They they made the Final Four. I think it was 2015. Yep, as a they, seven seed. They, yeah, where the other three teams were all one seeds, but they made it in as a seven seed to the Final Four, and I could, I I could see that happening again, even though they have struggled down the stretch but they have a really good backcourt with with Tyson Walker and you know me when it comes to biases i i like teams that are good offensively and can shoot the three and they're one of the top teams in the nation from behind the behind the arc and and they have a lot of good tournament history and th- mm-hmm. again that's another team that like kentucky like duke where they have a lot of tournament history where they've uh really choked in the beginning but then they there's also evidence where They've made runs. And so, so I have, I, I, uh, totally biased, but I have Michigan state, uh, beating Marquette in that matchup. And look, yes, it's biased, but look, if I if, if Michigan state were an eight seed and they were in the, you know, the top regions versus if they were, if they were to face like Alabama or Houston, like I wouldn't pick them. But in this region with how crazy this region is, I'm willing to take the chance
0: yeah no i I think that that makes perfect sense and again, this is one where I think it's the most likely for me to make changes and convince myself one way or the other on so many of these matchups but yeah i mean i I have Tennessee in the final four right now. I'll probably have a different team by the time I'm done you know uploading this podcast I, because I just keep changing I, it
1: i uh I have you're you're gonna hate this, but I have Memphis and Michigan State meeting wow <laughs> in the okay. Elite Eight. I have a seven, eight seed Elite Eight matchup and I yeah. have Michigan State in the final four, uh losing the uh, that one's not said, but I, I think that's what I'll go with. Every so when I'm when I build brackets, what I like to do is I like to take th- three of my four final four teams, I like to pick the favorite or one of the favorites yep. in the in the in their regions. And then I just pick one wild card, just go yeah. crazy. Yeah, no, and I, I
0: agree I, with that approach because I feel it, like that's what that's usually what happens. happens
1: anyway. Like yeah. last year, we saw it was it was Duke, Kansas, and Villanova, but then we saw North Carolina, North and an I eight. know North Carolina is a you know a, a you know a popular basketball school, but they were an eight they seed. They
0: were yeah, they were definitely not a favorite to go to the Final Four.
1: Right, but I'm taking the chance that they can make a run. And then just last uh, two years ago. Gonzaga, Baylor, Houston and then 11 seeded UCLA. And then and then uh 2018 it was uh, Michigan, can't I think it was Kansas, Villanova and then the Ramblers. Like Little I feel Chicago. like that I feel like that happens a lot where it's three teams that were you know projected to be there but then just one team that comes out of nowhere.
0: Yeah, so I will say the history on that. There's been a seven-seater lower Every year since I think 2013, except in 2019, where the lowest seed was a five. So,
1: right, Auburn. Yeah. Yeah. But it, the, it's one of
0: those things where it's like you want to predict it, but it's it, they just come out of nowhere. And, and in your it's school, so hard to they, they made, Yeah,
1: it was Gonzaga, North Carolina, Oregon, and then South, South Carolina, Carolina out of nowhere with Frank I, Martin. They were a lot. I had a
0: lot of friends who had South Carolina in the Final Four, but no one who actually like knew what they were talking about and followed college basketball did. <laughs> so, yeah, um, no, it happens every year, and it's just like impossible to predict who it is and I want to do that but it, that's just how you get your bracket totally blown up it's either because you don't you know you have like the crazy upset or you decide to ride a team that just lets you down right away and more often than not I pick those teams and they let me down right away
1: this region is part of the reason why I I wanted to play it safe with the other the mm-hmm. other ones with with crazy upsets here and there but yeah like, but I like, Alabama like the
0: first weekend uh-huh
1: um, so yeah, that's why I'm kind of going chalky a little bit in other regions because I don't want I don't want to just be hot takes, upsets everywhere, every region. I, I mm-hmm. think this is the one region where I feel like I, it's an exception. Where this one, I felt like I can go nuts with. <laughs> yeah, you know?
0: I know, and I, I'm tempted to get really crazy here, and I could go in a lot of different directions. I mean, I will say that uh, Tennessee losing to kentucky in the elite eight like that sounds pretty hilarious or either way like team. tennessee kentucky elite eight that sounds awesome like i don't like either of those teams but both of those fan bases one of them is going to be really upset and i will enjoy that from whoever it is <laughs> even though the other ones be really happy in the final four so that's something that's like really appealing to me right now and of course maybe i'll just pick duke to go to the final four and if it doesn't happen who cares <laughs> duke isn't in the final four so yeah
1: yeah, Duke. Duke is one where I'm lukewarm on. Where uh, I I don't want to pick him in the Final Four because I, f- I feel like th- kind of like UConn, where they're the other popular, uh, you know, low not super low seed, but you know they're not a one, two, three, or four. I feel like they're yeah, they're five. They're getting a little popularity in terms of uh making a Final Yeah, I on. can't
0: help but think if Duke beats Oral Robert's, they're going to the Final Four, and if they lose Oral Roberts, then awesome. So, I'm picking Oral Roberts right now, but we'll see. I might I might change my mind on that entirely. So, I still got Yeah, I still got time.
1: My 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 elite matchup is very very unlikely to happen, but uh Memphis look great down the stretch and I I've, I've considered them honestly in my final four. Uh-huh. Uh I've considered them Michigan State, Kentucky and Duke. Like those are the four teams I've I've gone back. It's funny, like I say those four teams and it's, there's a chance like none of them might even make the sweet sixteen. It's, no, it's, which is it's why very I say possible. that I could have a giant X uh in <laughs> uh, that entire region. It just like, feels like None of them are top four one. seeds.
0: Yeah. No, I mean I, I totally totally see what you're going with. And like I said, there's a reason why I hate this region because I'm just so wishy washy all over the place. And do I wanna to commit to upsets? Do I wanna pick the top teams? I don't like any of these top teams, so might as well get crazy with it right
1: yeah but there there've there been crazy regions in the past the, oh yeah when no, Houston every... made the final four like we talked about with the easy path the, the 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 three remaining teams in their region were Loyola Oregon State and Iowa I think it was Iowa yeah. State I don't, uh
0: yeah, yeah that just, sounds right it was 8 11 and 12 so
1: yeah just like that that stuff can happen And especially this year uh, I, I I feel like this year even though I have the two favorites in my title game <laughs> uh-huh. I I feel like this year is really really wide open.
0: Yeah, no I agree. That's what it's felt like all year. We're just but it's part of it is like you don't know that there's necessarily a true number 1 team. That doesn't necessarily mean that you know there's going to be a a ton of upsets outside of that, but it it does seem like a year where anything can happen. So, I don't know if it'll be as crazy as 2018 where every region was chaos, but it does seem like we're going to have at least one of them where it's just going to be all over the place. So I do think the East region is the most likely for that to happen. Um, but, yeah, in the end, I, I have Houston over Arizona. You have who Houston over Alabama. So yep. we're all riding, gymnats, going to hope yep. for a nice little run, take us into Masters weekend, and uh, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, all we'll in just enjoy on the, the Cougars. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so... That'll do it for this one. Like I said, NFL free agency, March Madness, certainly a lot to talk about. And it sounds like a lot of the things we've said we could totally change your mind on when these brackets lock. But uh, if you want to find out our real results, you should join the official He's Done It March Madness bracket pool. Reach out to me, Corey Novotny, at He's Done It Corey on Twitter, at SinaVotny915 on Instagram for more details. And, you know, we hope to have you part of it. And uh I guess good luck to you. Good luck to us. <laughs> We're gonna need it. <laughs>
1: exactly. Yeah, good luck to Houston. <laughs>
0: yes, yes, of course. Good luck to Houston. Go Cougars. And uh that'll do it for this one. You know, we'll have another episode next week to talk about how our bracket's been busted and maybe we'll have some actual Lamar Jackson or Aaron Rodgers news to report on and other <laughs> NFL free agency stuff that happens. So uh should be should be a lot more fun fun things to talk about. So for my co-host, Brian Wells, I'm Corny Votney. Thanks, everyone.